it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everyone, and welcome to the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast. This is your host, David Rodriguez, with my co-host, Kirby Lupul. We're going to be joined with a special guest a little bit later, but for now, we're going to recap that Toronto series with Kirby here. So Kirby, uh, obviously a fantastic, fantastic weekend to be a Florida Panthers fan. How are we feeling today, my friend? Hope all is well. Not bad, David. I know you're feeling a little under the weather this weekend, but you're probably flying high after this big Panthers uh, series victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So much to take in on social media um, first time since the Panthers obviously have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals since 1996. I was in middle school then, so a lot of new fans are experiencing this for the first time. It was awesome taking all the calls on on spaces after the Game 5 victory and, you know, the Panthers moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals here, just bringing a lot more, you know, visibility to the to the South Florida market, to the Panthers market. I know you shared a lot of stuff on Instagram with people celebrating at bars and restaurants and watch parties and that type of stuff. So it's just been a lot to take in, David. I probably still am behind on Twitter and social media right now because everything that's breaking down, remember that series ended over the weekend. And now Monday is the, is, you know, the Monday to Friday, you know, business day where all the media people are back in town or sorry, back on air, you know, with Panthers and and the Leafs (laughs) that we'll obviously talk about. So it's been a whirlwind, but, and, like you said, David, last podcast, it has it's never stops here. Very few breaks, mm. but uh, we got to live in the moment and really cherish this right now from, you know, our favorite sports team here, the Panthers. Yeah, an exciting time to be a Florida Panthers fan, like you said. Um, you know, I'm obviously a little bit under the weather here, but I'm pushing through. I know Friday I was feeling a little bit, and then throughout the weekend and Mother's Day I was kind of getting over. So hopefully I'm on the second half of that little bug I've got. But, yeah, excited, excited to talk about uh, the next series, you know, a month ago, Kirby, we were thinking, hey, what are the offseason plans? What are we going to do in the offseason as far as content and getting the community involved? Yeah. And <clears throat> here we are in the second half of May, getting ready for an Eastern Conference final matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes, who I hate to uh, admit, I called it out, Kirby, in October. Mm-hmm. I know you played it the other day, and I don't know how it, it happened, and somehow we're here that I called out the Carolina versus Panthers uh, Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, not many that I've called out correctly so far. Today, I think but... you might be the only one national-wise, <laughs> Panthers content community-wise, Panther writers. I think you're the only one there, David. Now, you and I have Carolina going to Stanley Cup final, I believe, winning, but we could change that now. But yes, oh, you had that from the preseason, David, so kudos to you there. Of course. I mean, at the time, you're obviously thinking with emotion, but now you've kind of played that scene into your head that, hey, this has become a reality. You don't want it to end. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the, the prediction to get here, but I'll change my prediction for the Panthers as far as losing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm considering that, too, because you and I, you know, Ryan's not with us here today. He had the Mark Messier Stanley Cup final, the Rangers and Oilers. They're both out of here. So, you know, <laughs> you and I had Carolina, I think, going the distance. So it'll be interesting now because each round, Things change, right? Dynamics, injuries, right. Panthers, people have said around the league, David, hottest team in the NHL in these playoffs. So 
You just never know how you got to play the game out there on the ice. And they've been the underdog all throughout. I think every game, I believe. Yeah. Crazy to think that we're only halfway there considering just how emotional these 12 games have been the Panthers eight and four in the first 12 playoff games four coming against Boston. And then the four coming against Toronto, the three losses against Boston and the one against Toronto to be eight and four uh, in the playoffs so far. So yeah, obviously an exciting night, Friday night. You knew the Panthers had a good chance to uh, break the Leafs' hearts. In Toronto, Aaron Ekblad got the goal here, uh, early in the first period, a power play goal that kind of was broken up in that second That second power play unit was out there. And uh, Ekblad just kind of shot a shot that beat uh, a Wool. And, you know, Ekblad got his first of the season or the playoffs, and that got my team again. I think uh, you've kind of – you haven't been keeping track of the points lately there, Kirby. I got to get it out there. We have a break between the series, so that's why I haven't because, put it uh, out there. I think I'm in last now. I don't have Lombard back, but now he's <laughs> skating, so that's a good sign. You guys wouldn't give me an extra player. Well, Ekblad's caught fire. Forsling's yep. got a little bit of fire. Duclair's got some points, so I, I got to be catching up to Ryan there a little bit. But uh, Ryan's got a bit of a lead. He's been leading from start to end. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but... Yeah, Ekblad got his first of the playoffs. Verhage got his fifth later on in that sec- in that first period. So Panthers are feeling good up 2-0 in Toronto in a game-winning or in a series-clinching game. Uh, but you knew Toronto was going to fight back. Morgan Riley got um, his fourth of the playoffs, <clears throat> kind of on like a fluttering puck that hit Nick Cousins in the foot, I think it was, Kirby. It like hit him in the shin or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he got his fourth. Going into the third period, you knew the Panthers were going to have to hold on tight. And uh, I guess I would probably say the best player of for Toronto this series, would you say, Kirby? William Nylander got his Yeah, to be fair, I know I mentioned Ryan O'Reilly in our preview show as in my top five. He kind of dipped throughout. But, um, yeah, yeah, Morgan Riley, maybe their best defenseman, or Luke Shen. Uh, obviously, Wall and Nett, you'd give it to him. But if you're going to give it to a forward, I would definitely say William Nylander. Yeah, Nylander tied it up with about five minutes left in that third period. So, Obviously, the emotions were high in the Panthers community. You've got to seal the deal here in Toronto or else you're going to have a weekend just thinking, oh, no, is this the time that the Panthers blow it, the fourth team or the fifth team that would blow it in NHL history? But uh, just kind of a wacky play there, Kirby, that uh, Gudis kind of led the charge defensively, broke up a nice three-on-two play from Toronto. I know two Toronto players clashed on the on the uh, the breakout from the Panthers, and there's a little bit of a controversy as far as Gudis holding the defender, the Toronto Maple Leaf stick, I think it was, yeah. as, as Nick Cousins took the shot to uh, to uh, seal the victory. But uh, kind of one of those plays where it kind of happens a lot that you maybe don't see on these replays that uh, if you were to call those – you know, day in and day out, you'd, you'd have a game lasting four hours, in my opinion. So Yeah, there was Kelly Rudy on Sportsnet, I think, that said him or maybe even Kevin Bieksa said that play happens 10 to 20 times in a game. Exactly. It's just unfortunate on the Leaf side of things that it kind of ends that game in overtime and ends their season on that play. But yeah, it's just kind of like a cagey play, I guess, from Rako Gudis there. Also, mm-hmm. Mahura, really good positionally sound there on the play to break that play up to kind of help Gudis there that we've talked about. That's been our shutdown pairing this year. So it was awesome to see that. And I think, you know, Nick Cousins and Rako Gudis are going to go in the Panthers record books forever on that goal there. And, you know, Gudis assisting on Cousins and Ekblad, Verhage, and Cousins all scoring in that game, David, just like earlier in the series. I can't remember. It was game one or game two. All Ontario-born Florida Panther players <laughs> getting on the score sheet. So I had to put that in spaces, not once, but twice in this series. And, right. you know, I just wanted, like, Maple Leaf fans to see that and just cringe or, 
you know, just bite their lip and just be, you know, because, right, right. you know, we've got it. We've heard a lot on social media and different things like that. And, you know, oh, you guys are irrelevant franchise and you guys don't deserve hockey teams. And this isn't just this year, David. This is something I've had to hear for 10, 20 years. And I'm not saying it's just exclusive to Maple Leaf fans. It's a lot of people in Canada, but um, they are in our division and you hear that a lot. And after our record breaking season last year, a lot of Toronto media and the fan base thought we were just going to go away, just right, going right. to go away. You know, that playoff spot there, that's open for them. That's open for other teams. And for us to be able to do this against Toronto, first time ever matching up with them in a playoff series and to be able to defeat them, that's something that Panthers fans can hold on to forever. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, we've talked about, you know, notable players like Verhage, again, just another memorable playoff uh, season for him. Kachuk obviously leading the way, but you've got to put Bobrovsky at the front of the Panthers, I guess just controlling that series from start to finish has to go with Bobrovsky now seven and two in the playoffs with a nine eighteen save percentage, 2.82 goals against average. Um, and that's, that's including the Boston series in the, in the Toronto series, he was four and one, 1.89 goals against and a 9.4 or a 0.943 save percentage against Toronto. So Stellar, stellar play from Robrowski when he got called up into action in Boston and then just continued that into the series against Toronto. So I talked about it in the pre in the preview of the series. I think the X factor was the goaltending, Bobrovsky against, at the time, Samsonov. And I think tie it in with the penalty kill, uh, which I think was 9 for 11 in the five games compared to being, I think it was like something crazy where Boston was like – I want to say they were above 50% uh, in the penalty kill. I know we took 27 penalties in the Boston series in seven games. So it's about four penalties per game. While yep. in the Toronto series, we took just above two. So just a, a complete different uh, scenario played out this series where the penalty kill was good and they were able to stay out of the box for the majority of the game, including game three, where they didn't even take one minor penalty uh, in the entire game. So, the uh, Brosky, the penalty kill, I think were the reason that this series went five instead of going about six or seven. Uh, I did, I predicted five for, for this series. Yeah, you again, did. Yeah. again, don't know how, <laughs> how it happened. Kind of a Ryan, Ryan thought that was very bold. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's aggressive. That's yeah, aggressive. Yeah. But I guess but it was the five on five, David, also in the four checking of the Panthers that established it from the first shift in game one. Those right. were the things and the Panthers defense. And we'll say, Ekblad and Forsling, our first pairing, mm-hmm. playing their best hockey of the entire season and playoffs as a pairing. Forsling and Ekblad together, both playing at optimal levels, let's say. Right. And we haven't seen that this year. And then, you know, we've talked about Mark Stahl a lot this year. You know, Rako Gudis getting up there long in the tooth and age a bit. His play kind of being up and down, especially coming back off of that injury. Mm-hmm. Just everyone kind of kept it together outside of Mark Stahl. But, like, pretty well everyone – kept it together and even Mark Stahl had a game or two there mm-hmm. um at the end of the series that wasn't too bad so yeah remarkable and obviously Bobrovsky is the story Leaf fans will be haunted by him forever <laughs> but he wasn't the sole reason why the Panthers won this in five games just all those reasons we mentioned the yeah. four check five on five penalty kill Panthers staying disciplined of course Leafs Nation wanted the Panthers to be called for about eight penalties per game but that's mm-hmm. playoff hockey uh, yep. There's a lot of things going on away from the play, and you have to be able to step up to that physicality. And the Leafs couldn't match that. They only matched it in one game, game four. And the mm-hmm. Panthers did it throughout the series. Yeah, and that pretty much tells the, st- the story there, Kirby, exactly. And and not to mention the Panthers are now 6-1 and one on the road in the playoffs. 
including winning their last six. The first one they lost was when game one against Boston. So they've gone into the building six times in a row. As you said, underdogs, probably sometimes heavy underdogs, and were able to pull out results. Um, 4-0 in overtime this playoffs, including seven straight overtime wins since 2021. So kind of everything that you needed to go right in that series kind of did for Florida. I mean, they got the goaltending. Obviously, the offense wasn't as uh, rambunctious, I could say, as as compared to you know playoff series in the past. But that's kind of how you predicted it. These, these games are going to be three twos, two ones. I think Toronto scored two goals every game in that series. Yeah. And I was even shocked by the low scoring output because I said, yeah, we needed to play this style, David, to win. Yeah. But versus Toronto, I thought it would even open up more. But our star players outshone shine their star players. But Barkov and Kachuk did it without putting a lot of goals on the board. They did it in other ways. Yeah, Barkov yeah. did it with his Selkie level performance, which, by the way, Mitch Marner didn't play anywhere near Selkie level with that nomination of his. And Kachuk did it with his physicality and forechecking and with his line mates like Nick Cousins. What a series he had. And Sam Bennett early on in that series, forechecking like he did uh, in the Boston series. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned at the start from the first shift from the first game, you know, that was kind of the the, men- the mentality that Florida was going into. It. And I was following a lot of Toronto, different types of social medias. And they're like, man, this four check is crazy. I, I don't think we can handle this for four games, Poppy. So there's a lot of obviously a lot of Toronto social media people out there that were having some jokes about the the uh, the four check that the Panthers were having. And then at the end of the day, it was what made them most successful in the series. So. Credit to the Panthers, obviously uh, something that hasn't been done since 96. Paul Maurice, again, I think outshined in this series as far as coaching and just his demeanor and his response yeah. with the media and stuff like that. Even the GMs, you could just see the differences in in professionality and just their age and mentorship. You could see Dubas kind of throwing stuff around and yelling at the refs from his booth. It's like, you know, he's kind of like a fan tied into a GM kind of role that yeah. as, a, as a fan, you're like, do I really want someone that's throwing stuff across the counter and and going nuts and yelling at the replay and stuff like that? It's like a, a little bit unprofessional, in my opinion. So And Toronto fans came at me, David, I totally agree with you there. And they said, well, Dubas is, you know, Kirby, do you understand that, you know, a lot of my Canadian friends and Toronto fans? Uh, we're saying to me, do you understand how many times Dubis is shown on television compared to Zito? I get that. Right, right, but uh, right. there, you can't tell me that Zito and the other GMs are doing the same things that Dubis was doing. Don't tell me that, Leaf Nation, when when we saw it multiple times. And it was probably happening a lot more times than we even saw. So I don't buy that narrative that all GMs are passionate, throwing stuff around, and acting like that. Kyle Dubis wasn't acting like that when he came in with Lou Lamarillo and Brand Shanahan. But something turned there where he's like, oh, you know, well this is my team now and I'm going to do what I want to kind of do. And, you know, I I'm hoping that Leafs nation has to pay for uh, these playoff uh, losses and things like that. But I also don't want them to change a lot either, David. Right. I like to make up. I think that's what you were indicating to me earlier today uh, off air (laughs) that you kind of want to keep their team as is, because I think it's advantage Florida moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So what a way to Florida Panthers to wrap up the second round. And now they've got a, Crucial Eastern Conference matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, and just another juggernaut of an opponent. This is the first time they've reached 
Uh, they're hoping to reach the Stanley Cup final since 2006, while the Panthers are trying to make it there since 1996. Uh, obviously, a lot of history between the teams uh, in the regular season, but this is the first time that the teams will be playing in the playoffs, similar to us against Toronto. It was the first time we've played a, a Canadian team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So a lot to look forward to there. We're going to bring in our special guest here really soon and David DeWork. Um he covers the Florida Panthers for Channel 10 News here locally, so we're excited to bring in his uh, his opinions and his takes for the, the series that just finished and the series that's coming up. So if you guys don't mind hanging for one moment after this quick commercial break, we're going to bring in David in right, quick, right here real quickly. Uh, so stay tuned, and we'll be, we'll be right back. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. With a lot of NHL playoff matchups going on, like the Carolina Hurricanes against the New Jersey Devils, the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Florida Panthers, the Dallas Stars against the Seattle Kraken, and the Edmonton Oilers against the Vegas Golden Knights, there's a lot of options to choose from. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5 and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on a brand name. So a good duplicate is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium auto audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm or a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some of the other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, and over eight hours of playtime. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, so everyone, we're excited to bring in David DeWork from Channel 10 Local News here to talk about the Carolina series and also recap some of his thoughts from the Toronto series as well. So, David, glad to have you back on the show. Hope everything is well, my friend. All good. Good to see you guys again. I was a little surprised that we're doing it again, two <laughs> rounds deeper into the playoffs, but let's keep it going. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know you have, have covered the Panthers all season and for multiple seasons, and this is an historic season to say the least for the majority of our fan base, young and old, just to see a team like this come out of nowhere and just surprise giants like this. I know when we talked back in January, February, we couldn't have envisioned anything like this. So really excited to have you on here and just kind of uh, throw you in here and say, you know, what was the reason that I guess the Panthers separated themselves from the Toronto Maple Leafs in that series? I mean, it was just, I guess, one name we really know, but maybe some X factors you kind of want to talk about. I mean, there's one name, obviously, that was a huge X factor in that series, and it's Bob. Uh, he was ridiculous. He was everything that Panther fans and Panthers management and everybody has been hoping he would be for the last four years. Better late than never, I guess, right? Because he is absolutely living up to every expectation, everything. And granted, it's you know a small sample size, but it's the most important time ever. You know, you could, it rivals the Olympics. Some guys, depending on you know, some guys will value gold medals over oh, Stanley yeah. Cups, whatever. But I mean, this is it. This is this is the top of the mountain, and Bob is playing out of his mind. So obviously, that's the first name that comes to mind. Um, aside from that, I, I'm just kind of like racking my because it, it's been such a collaborative effort with this Panthers team, particularly. Like you can't point to one guy other than Bob. You can't point to one guy and say he is carrying the team right now. If you take him out of the lineup, they're screwed. Like right. you, you can't really say that about anybody, even Matthew Kachuk or Sasha Barkov for all that they do. Uh, everybody is contributing across the board. And now you get like Anthony Duclair starting to kind of come out of his shell, get, you know, breaking out of his, you know, training camp, you could call it for what he's had to go, you know, for ramping himself up. But I mean, you know, just kind of thinking like Brent, what Brandon Montour has done has been unbelievable for this team. And I mean, he's, it's, it's not just that he's scoring. He's such a good skater. He's so good at getting up and down the ice. Um, I mean, for Haiti, obviously has had plenty of big goals. You can talk about that entire third line and how they've been able to go out regardless of situation, regardless of timing uh, and gobble up minutes shut down. I mean, look what, but just from that third line, but look what the top three, lines did against the uh, we're talking about it before we came on but uh, against toronto against marner against matthews against nylander uh, so yeah i mean bob is the the big difference for me mm -hmm. but i think collectively the way the team has kind of transformed their game from what we saw during most most of the season to them really turning it on over the last month or so um it's yeah it's it's just been great to see and it's nice that you know, for guys like Paul Maurice and Bill Zito and everybody in that front office that have been preaching and very consistent to stay the course, putting trust in the systems, putting trust in Paul Maurice. Uh, it's great for them to see it all paying off right now. It's just a great mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And I think one person that I forgot to mention Kirby and in, in our, uh, before having David on here was, I think Aaron Eckblad had a fantastic series. He had no points in that Boston series, but he comes into Toronto coming away with five points in those five games. So, to me, Aaron Ackblad, like you said, David, shut down a lot of these big guys, log, logged in a lot of minutes uh, in these big games, almost 30 minutes in that last game. So to me, I think Aaron Ackblad played a fantastic series and looked like the Aaron Ackblad of old, uh, getting points and also producing really well defensively. So, And David, uh, I think the before uh, David Dwork jumps back in here, I feel the charts were really unfair to Ekblad, and this is the best I've seen Ekblad and Forsling play all year long as a pairing in this series versus Toronto. Right, right. Yeah, that that was kind of my shoe in there is who I thought was stepped up their game and kind of played it at a better level than I had expected them to. So, David, uh, I just had a question. Um, like, what do you think was the difference with the Panthers' third line versus the Leafs' third line? Because we talked about on our previous show how Ryan O'Reilly or whatever the Leafs were going to throw out there for their third line. 
had a de- distinctive edge on the Panthers? Like what changed there? And like Anton Lundell's transformation through these playoffs and kind of finding that synergy with Luster Reinen and Reinhardt. I think that was, that was the best line of this series. And who would have expected that coming into this round? With the Leafs, yeah, it's a, it's a luxury that the Panthers have kind of been afforded late in the se- afforded late in the season when they got Anthony Duclair back. It allowed them to to stretch out the talent on that top three lines a little bit, and I, I the, the injury to Ryan Lombard is really kind of what sparked that line being put together. And obviously, Ryan Lombard has been excellent for the Panthers all year. He's been basically found a home, made a home for himself on that third line, and a guy who you know last year he was in and out of the lineup every other game, fourth line guy. This year, he really carved out a role for himself. So it's going to be interesting uh, when he comes back into the lineup, how they maneuver the lines. But once that line was put together again, because they had played a little bit during the regular season, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it was almost like a opportunity, like given the opportunity of circumstance, however, whatever the phrasing is, uh, because you've got Lusterinen and Lundell, two very young guys, two guys that get along really well off the ice. They go out together, they hang out, uh, really good friends. You pair them up with a guy like Sam Reinhart, who Paul Maurice has raved about how he's just selfless. He's so smart. He doesn't care where he is, what what line he's on, how much minutes he doesn't. He just none of that matters. He just goes to work and plays. And for Reinhart, as streaky as his scoring has been, his play has always been the same. Yeah, his like game in game out. You're not going to get a bad game or a good game in terms of how he performs. His scoring is very streaky, and it's a weird kind of way to track it, watching mm-hmm. Sam Reinhart. But I think that's kind of what ha- what's happened with this line is you've got completely uh, consistent guy in Sam Reinhart with high end skill, great skater, uh, and you pair him up with a couple of younger guys. Anton Lindell, we we've seen how good he can be. He kind of had a little sophomore slump, whatever you want to call it, this year. Mm-hmm. He's slowly kind of starting to get to another gear late in the season, uh, and I just think that skating with guys that he's comfortable with, because Sam Reinhart is such an easy guy to skate with. And you've got Itu, who's been moved up and down the lineup. He's got top line minutes this year. He's really kind of taking his game to another level. Um, and yeah, I think it's just you're putting a bunch of three guys together that can skate. I just keep raving about skating. I've been doing a little deep dive in skating this week, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm a little nerding out on that. But <laughs> th- just three guys that really bust their ass, have no qualms about playing defensive hockey. And yeah, they're maybe not as flashy of, you know, Ryan O'Reilly or whoever may have been on. Toronto's third lines, I know they mixed it up a little bit, but yeah, it's great to see. And this is what the Panthers are going to need, guys. I'm getting a little off topic, but guys like Lundell and Lusterine and homegrown talent that's cheap and under team control for a while. As mm-hmm. Florida gets down this road and they continue to compete, they're going to have to build that roster up and spend a lot of money, as we've seen. So having those cheap, young, homegrown guys contributing like this is going to be key for them to sustain the success that they're having right now. Yeah, absolutely. Key points there, David. And I, I talked about Lundell in the previous episode, just how much of a factor and he kind of grow, grew into that third center spot when he was thrown into that second C spot for the back half of that year and then went back into like a more comfortable role with Reinhardt, like you said. So to me, yeah, Lundell's been fantastic, fantastic player. So like you said, turning our page now to Carolina, obviously an important series, Eastern Conference Finals, first time since 1996 for us, first time since 2006 that the Carolinas will hope to reach the final uh, since then. So we've talked about it a little bit before we had you on here. Carolina is a very structured team, a lot more structured, wonderful coach in Rod Brendamore, who was actually a player under Paul Maurice when he was a coach for Carolina a long, long time ago. So kind of your thoughts on 
Carolina, we've seen them a few times. We've seen them a lot in the past, not just in the COVID year, but in the year after that uh, in the regular season, who we've played pretty well against. But again, they added a lot of pieces at the deadline. We saw them late in the season in that last game of the season. So just kind of your thoughts there on Carolina and, and what you expect to see from them early on in the series. I think it's going to be a fun series just because Carolina's game is very similar to the way the Panthers have played during the playoffs, so like the successful Panthers. Right. Uh, Carolina plays very similar. They've been doing it very well for several years. Like they're high-end forechecking, high energy, lots of physicality. Uh, you know, they've got several players that are high-end offensive skill. They've got talent on the back line. It, the two teams are quite similar. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, the X factor right now may be in goal. Uh, just because Carolina has gotten an inconsistent goaltending. Granted, both of their goalies, all three of their goalies, I guess you could say, if you throw Kochkov uh, in there, because mm-hmm. uh, they've got, uh, what's his name, uh, Anderson from Toronto, and they've got Antti Ranta, uh, both of whom are healthy heading into this round. Uh, so it'll be curious to see how Rod Brindamore deploys his goaltenders. But just, mm-hmm. you know, it should be a really fun series. Just two high-energy teams going at each other. Carolina, you know, for all their injury woes that they've had this year, whether it was Pacioretty or uh, Svechnikov and then uh, Teravainen in the first round, it looks like Teravainen's going to be back for the Panther series. Uh, they've just kept chugging right along and, and pushed right through it. So it should be a fun series, but uh, I wouldn't expect a ton of goals. You know, we've been wrong on that before, but it's, you know, two tight checking teams, a lot of low scoring games. Uh, if both teams get good goaltending, uh, this could be kind of like a throwback-ish playoff series, which you know, will be fun. Yeah, kind of David. before we go to Kirby here, um, just a key, couple of notes here. Carolina had a 90% successful penalty kill in the first two rounds of the power of the playoffs, while their power play was about 16%, which is a little bit below average, but their penalty kill was late in the regular season and continued into yeah. the postseason as well. So five and They've one. They got more shorthanded goals in the playoffs yeah. than power play goals. Yeah, four shorthanded goals to uh to back you up there, David. So we'll be at that'll be something we look forward to and something we'll keep an eye on. They were five and one at home so far in the playoffs and uh have a very successful overtime record like the Panthers do since 2021. Both of us and them are seven and zero since 2021 in overtime. So uh if, if something's gotta break there, if, if something something's gotta give. <laughs> that was my next kind of question lead in here. Um because we do this on our spaces preview show uh, that we did it last round with Toronto. So we kind of uh, do offense, defense, coaching, um, special teams, those type of things and goaltending. So I've been kind of thinking this over and racking my brain, how I want to go in this tomorrow with our preview show. Um, I think the forward edge would go to the Panthers defense edge would go to the hurricanes, goaltending to Florida coaching to Carolina. And then like David, you just mentioned on the special teams, there, power play um, advantage, probably to Florida. And then obviously penalty kill advantage to Carolina, which we were used to seeing that in the Boston series where they were second on the penalty kill all year long. And I thought the Panthers struggled mightily on that early on until Maurice made some adjustments there. And we got a, key power play to or goal there late in that series. So kind of how do you guys see that breaking down um, in those different categories? Because I think if you look at it that way, it's very tight, kind of two and a half points across the board for each team. Uh, Forward-wise, I would give the edge to Florida just based on their health and depth right now. Um, looking at the defensemen, I think it, if you're talking about scoring-wise defensemen, uh, maybe give the edge to Carolina a little bit more. Uh, just because I feel like Florida defensemen, aside from Brendan Montour, they've really kind of, 
don't want to say focused more. I think they're all playing pretty freely, but they've really locked things down in the defensive end. They're taking such good care of the area in front of Sergei Bobrovsky. I, some like I haven't seen mm-hmm. uh, during Bob's time here, at least. Uh, so I would give four to the edge on the defensive defenseman area. Goaltending, the way Bob's playing, I, I mean, I don't think there's any team you could match up goaltending better than Florida right now. Bob's been the best goalie in the playoffs. Yep. And that was when there was twice as many teams still playing. So I think that's an easy one. Coaching, I really, I think I got to give the edge to Paul Maurice just because combined with the fact that he's been around for so long, what he's done, not just this season, but the last couple of months turning yeah. the Panthers up a notch. And then in terms of like an X factor in that regard, you have to wonder, you mentioned it before, Maurice coached Brindamore. They've got history, but being that Maurice has kind of been the elder one, you wonder Brindamore perhaps gave Maurice a call over the years for a coaching tip here or there. Mm-hmm. So I would wonder if there's maybe a little something Paul has up his sleeve or a little information or tidbit he might have. Uh, so I would kind of give my uh, my edge in the coaching department to, to Mo there just for that one. He was actually an assistant of his as soon as he after, he retired in 2010. So like you said, they've got a there lot of go. a lot of history. He was the captain under Maurice and his stints in Carolina. So, but I, I'm going to say we have two stalls. They have one. So in my opinion, we've got the edge there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is the first time it's got to be one of maybe the first time three brothers play in a playoff series. Maybe I'm not sure, but interesting mm-hmm. stat to look up. Maybe that prop. I would think pro, just like, yeah, sure just we'll hear it. I'm sure game one, it'll be plastered on the TV at some point, but yeah, yeah. think just thinking like log- logistically, Sure. When have three brothers been in the league at the same time, right. let alone playing in the same conference final? So <laughs> yeah. I'd be surprised if it wasn't the first it's time. Gotta be, gotta be. Well, David, um, very confident across the board for the Panthers there. And I know we kind of do our top five list there, uh, mm-hmm. David, Ryan, and myself. So um, David Rodriguez, our captain, do you want to kind of start with this? Sure. I mean, I've always had Kachuk at one as far as his X factor. and You've had him number one for all series now, right? Yeah, the way he can change the game and stuff like that. I haven't had Bobrovsky in there at all in any series, so I'm going to put him in there as well as number two. Number three, I've got to go with their main man, Brent Burns. I love Brent Burns as a player, just the way he is. And uh, that grizzly old guy, I'd love to have him on our team, but he's kind of expensive. So I'll put Burns in there at three or four kind of range. Um I think playoff series, you've got I've got to put Verhage back in there at number four. I just think he's such a clutch huh? player and always shows up at the right time. So I'll keep him. We in haven't given him five. a lot of love because there's been so many superstar players across the board on Boston and Toronto and Florida, yeah. right, David? So yeah, yeah. I'll sneak Verhage in there, and then uh, you know Kirby. I'm not a big fan of this guy, Seabass, but uh, <laughs> I'll go Sebastian Ajo in there. Uh, mini, oh, mini Barkov, I like to call him. So okay, I'll, I'll put a Ajo in there. Why not? Interesting, interesting. So, David, you know that the first round I had David Pasternak number one, and I had Puppy Austin Matthews number one last round. But I'm going to mix it up here, and I think if the Panthers are to win this series, and I think it's going to go long as we might get into our predictions here later. I think Alexander Barkov far and away has to be the best player on the ice. And I think he was really good in the Toronto series, especially if you look at it from the two-way forward aspect. But Mm -hmm. I think we need him to be a little bit more all around. We need him to contribute on the power play because we're not going to get a lot of the opportunities. Um, Odd man rushes. Please, Alexander Barkov, shoot the puck. Don't pass it. So, Because we're not going to get a lot of those odd man breaks out either. So I'm going to go Alexander Barkov, David, our captain, number one. Um, Number two. 
Uh, I'm going to go Bobrovsky just because of how he's been playing and everything like that. And and if we don't win this series on Barkov's shoulders, I think we're going to win it on Bob's and we've been doing that all playoffs long. So I'm going to give the goalie love because I know David Dwork and I love the goalies, but I haven't really been showing that during these playoffs on our top five list. But I'm going to put Bobrovsky two. I'm going to put Matthew Kachuk three. I haven't done this all series long. One, two, three, Florida Panthers. But I think, you know, just the way that he comes and plays and it's going to be these three to two, two to one kind of really like, and again, we're going to have to have that key four checking going. I think where our third line carried us, as David Dwork was mentioning earlier, I think our top two lines need to carry us in this series. I'm going to go um, number four, Brent Burns. I have him in my con Smythe pool, David, that I run. So I think he's been really great for Carolina, probably their leading candidate when it comes to con Smythe uh uh, votes um if carolina continues their run here to the stanley cup and number five yeah i'm gonna have to add i like him more than you <laughs> but sebastian aho number five and my x factors i'll throw over Hagee in there uh on the panther side and a uh, guy that i've definitely had my eye on all year on carolina i think he can be a true x factor in this series seth jarvis playing on uh sebastian aho's wing there this guy just comes and performs in the playoffs he's played so many playoff games in his short what two three year career that some players haven't even sniffed the playoffs yet so he's got a lot of playoff experience and he's a really game player and he plays a really heavy skill type of game the Panthers are going to have to be really locked in on him uh to be able to lock him down so those would be my five with a couple x factors there and again I'm going to say Aaron Eckblad and Forsling they have to be very huge in this series because I don't think I don't think they saw a challenge in that Toronto series like they're going to see in this series with Carolina so that pairing has to be our best pairing to get out of this series. Makes sense. Yes. David, David, right, do you so... have any picks of your own that you'd like to throw? I know we've kind of put you on the spot before, but. Yes, as long as we can agree that these are in no particular order. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Uh, the first name that comes to mind is Sergey Bobrovsky. For all the reasons we've talked about and more, I don't think the Panthers will go very far without Bob playing at this level. I mean, and, you know, for as well as Alex Lyon was playing to get them into the playoffs, nothing has reached what Bob's doing right now. So I think first and foremost, it's got to be that. Um, I look at I look at a couple defensemen on the Panthers, uh, Aaron Ekblad and Brendan Montour. It's because Ekblad, because not only the way he affects the game offensively, but because he plays all three levels. He plays power play, he plays penalty kill, he plays shorthanded, or he plays even strength, obviously. Um, and he just affects the game in so many different ways. And as you mentioned, uh, Dave, he's been playing gradually better as the yeah. playoffs have gotten on. And I think... Uh, he may have been dealing with something at the beginning, just like Sasha Barkov had that kind of an illness. Mm -hmm. And I think the time off is only going to help as well with, with a few guys. Um, but definitely Ekblad and Montour. Um, on the Carolina side, I mean, Sebastian Ajo, similarly, you know, power play penalty kill, affects the game physically, uh, great passer. Um, somebody that has been playing out of his mind during the playoffs that you have to kind of keep an eye on is Jordan Martinuk. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a guy, he doesn't play on the power play, but he's an excellent penalty killer. He's been playing on their second line, I believe. Um, and just, you know, look, when a guy gets hot, a guy gets hot. And he's been playing just spectacular during the playoffs. I think he's the um, heart and soul of their team there, David, as well. I yeah, between look. Martin Nook and Jordan Stahl, I think those two guys really are the emotional leaders on that club. And I think Brent Burns, even though he hasn't been there that long, he's also a pretty vocal leader. Uh, and he was the next guy I was going to mention just because he – that's, that's a guy who can take over a series. We've seen it happen before with his physical defensive play and then the way he can impact the game offensively. Uh, it's a little bit ridiculous. And I'm trying to remember if there was any other Panthers players that were like that key on. You guys touched on a few of them. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. go across the board. Sam Bennett, again, just a key factor in, this, in the Toronto series. He can have an immediate impact in that series as well. Um, Look how the game, the Panthers have changed with Bennett in absolutely. the lineup compared to before. Like, it took them like almost three weeks just to figure out how to win again after <laughs> he got hurt at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and then when they, he finally got infused back into the lineup in game two of the Boston series, like he, he scored the first goal of that game, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, just hasn't – yeah, so that – Actually, that's a guy we got to throw in there, Sam Bennett, yeah, because for sure. the way that Florida plays when he's not in the lineup, it's clearly different. And I think taking it that physicality out of the lineup at this point could mm. be almost as detrimental as Bob. So yeah, for sure. Think, thinking in real time, I think Sam Bennett is is hugely important. Yeah, uh, I know, and, I know. and what does he have? Like four goals so far in the playoffs, I believe. So yeah, he's been contributing as well. Yeah, I know in the hockey world, they like to say he's got that jam, I think they like to say something like that. So he's that jammy <laughs> kind of player that you want to have on. Anyone would love to have him on their team. So Sam Bennett, yeah. we didn't talk about him much, but he was just as important as he was in that Boston series, even more important in that Toronto series, get in their heads and stuff like that. So, yeah, totally agree with you guys there as far as five guys. And we could go along the list and talk all night as far as, you know, these guys and how they could make an impact. So. Kind of time for predictions, Kirby. I know we uh I, I hit the nail on the head with the Toronto one. I said Toronto in five. And David D, <laughs> David D, if you didn't know, I actually project projected at the beginning of the season Carolina versus Florida in the Eastern Conference final. I don't know how it happened, but for some way or another, I got it right. So I'll pat myself on the back there. So. Pat on the back for that. Yeah, stick pat for sure. That's good. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but uh it happened. So I'll go first. Uh, I said I took Boston in the first round, got that one wrong. Toronto, I got it in five. But this one I'll go uh, in the preview. I said Carolina, uh, we're going to take us out. But I'll switch it to Panthers in six. Uh, Hopefully, finally, we get to see a handshake at the FLA Live Arena with the Panthers on the right side of things, shaking hands with the opponents for the first time. And who knows, like 96 was the last time we won a series at home. So I'll go Panthers in six uh, for me, Kirby. David, it's a hot day here in Calgary because you can tell the ice cream truck is outside right now and it's making a lot of noise. So if you hear any noise in the background, ice cream man's going around here late. This um, uh, I'll try to get in my pick here before David gives a, a dwarf gives us his. Um, I'm going to go. Sorry to say, David, I don't know if you're going to see a handshake on home ice, but I'm still going to go with Florida. I'm going to go with Florida in seven. But I think our big guns need to show up across the board in net. Uh, on defense, up the middle of the ice, and Sasha Barkov. That's a way that we can get out of this series, but it's not going to be easy. And we didn't even mention some names on Carolina's end. Uh, Slavin and Pesci, those guys are just beasts um, all around defensemen. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I think we really have to be able to capitalize on games, even if we get blown out in a game, because I feel a blowout could be happening here. Florida was the only team in that second round not to have a blowout either way. And David, we mentioned that took a lot of time off of our lives. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I feel if we do get blown out from Carolina early in the series, we have to be able to rebound, whatever those reasons are, special teams, goaltending, our big guns just not showing up. We have to be able to rebound from that and start fresh on the next game like a lot of these teams have done, where they've been blowing out and then they've come back and given a shot back. I think the Panthers have to be very resilient in doing that. I trust in this team. But I, I I think they have to be a resilient bunch. I really do because I'm very high in Carolina. David, you mentioned how far you had them um, in the preseason. I had them going to the Cup in the preseason. I had them starting the playoffs going to the Cup. Not Boston, yep. uh, not Tampa. I had Carolina. So this is going to be a tough test for the Panthers, maybe the toughest that they've faced. But I'm confident in this bunch, how they've been playing, a lot of the intangibles, the X factors, how resilient they've been. I'll go Florida in seven. 
So I think uh, Carolina sweeps. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with you, Kirby. I, I like Florida and seven. I think it's going to be a tight, long series. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be any blowouts just because these teams play so tightly that I, I, it's hard to see the games getting out of hand. They both understand that they've got to stay within their systems and they can't chase the game because that's exactly when their opponent in this series is going to pounce. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to Florida just having the better goaltending and being a little bit better on the road. I mean, Florida has been so comfortable as a road team this year. Uh, yeah, those are kind of that's what I'm thinking of when I think about it like a seventh game. I think it's going to be fun. I think it, it could be the most entertaining series in terms of back and forth action that we've seen. The Boston series is just wanted to rip your head off. And the Toronto series was, it was exciting, but it was quick. Right. So I, I think we're going to see a, a really fun, long, exciting series of two teams that are just going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Just some quotes here from Rod Brindamore was saying, you know, we know the team we're playing, they've got everything covered top to bottom. That's why we're still playing and we've got to be ready for Matthew Kachuk was saying we have a tremendous amount of respect for Carolina. Uh, they had a successful season, but we know that we can take them on. So Obviously, both teams know that this is a you know a golden opportunity for them to, to book a trip to the Stanley Cup Finals. First time since the Panthers done in 96, Carolina in 2006, uh, last time they made it. So an exciting opportunity for Florida. And, you know, last time we talked, we talked about it, David, we were talking about the All-Star break and stuff like that. So we've come a long way and we're really excited and we've been following your coverage the, whole, the entire season. And if you guys don't know David DeWork, he's on t- Twitter. Uh, you know, you're on Instagram as well, David. So uh, if you want to plug in your socials there, feel free, but we'll have them below in the description as well. Yeah, no, I, I thanks for having me on guys. I, it's very, very good hockey chat as always, whether we're tweeting at each other or getting <laughs> on the pod. So I, I appreciate the invite. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at David's work. I am on Instagram, although there's probably more baby pictures <laughs> than hockey pictures that show up on there, but you're more than welcome to follow me. I do post from games. Um, and then all my written stuff, it's either going to end up on the hockeynews.com slash Florida or uh, local10.com. Uh, I've got the Chirping the Cats podcast, which uh, I probably should post a new episode one of these days. Been a little busy, but not that that's an excuse. <laughs> I apologize to the podcast fans. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of all over right now. Um, I appreciate you guys following along with the coverage. It's It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see how much further we can take it. Yeah, plus we've got newborns, right, David? I've got a six-month-old, and you've got, what, a six, seventh-month-old, too, is right? Just, yeah, seven months, just turned seven months. He's already crawling and standing, <laughs> and and it's it's an amazingly stressful, fun, awesome time. And, and you know, with the playoffs going on, too, like, my six-year-old exactly. stayed up. You watched overtime of game five, game five of Toronto with us, so that was fun. Little six-year-old bouncing around, no idea what's going on, just <laughs> sees everybody excited. So, yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, it's an exciting time. I know we've caught a lot of the games with my family and friends and all the Florida Panthers fans sharing their moments when they've won in the Boston series and in the Carolina and in the Toronto series as well. We're just awesome moments at the watch parties. So David, again, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for taking some time off of your busy schedule to join us. Um, hopefully we have you again, as always, you're always welcomed on here. Uh, love having you on here. I know Kirby, thank you for reaching out to David to get him on here. Uh, anything before we uh, wrap up with David here, Kirby? Yeah, just uh, wanted to say um, thank you for David's time here tonight. We always pin his stuff to the Jumbotron, as we call it, on our Spaces post-game show, the official Panthers post-game show after every game. So always look for David Dwork's uh, comments after the games to post there for our fans and our followers. And we'll be doing the preview show uh, Tuesday evening. So whenever you're listening to this, uh, Carolina and Florida, going to have some guests in there from the Carolina perspective, my co-host Cody, 
We'll be covering the Florida side. We'll take some calls at the end as well, just like we did with the Toronto series there. And then we'll have that out in the morning for everyone uh, for for Wednesday morning and then Thursday, which maybe is when the series is going to start. So right. everyone will be able to catch up on some of this content here that we have here on our podcast, FLA Cats, and then as well the Spaces recordings. Sounds good, Kirby. Again, thank you, David, for your time. Hope you have a good rest of your day. And I hope to, you know, look forward to all the coverage you're going to have on the Panthers as the season goes on. Yep. Thanks again for having me. And let's, you know, just reach out, man. We'll do it again. We'll find the time. <laughs> all right, David. Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your day. See you, fellas. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment we had with David Dwork. Again, I'll post his socials at the bottom in the description below. Uh, and again, we can't thank David enough for taking the time uh, on this busy schedule to uh, be on the episode with us as always. So, uh, and like we mentioned, we're missing our good friend, Brian from the episode. He was tied up tonight, but he sent me his five uh, players, Kirby. So I'll read okay. them off to you. Uh, he has number one, Matthew Kachuk two Jacob, Jacob Slavin. I don't think we had, him on oh yes yeah. yeah we mentioned him but not even on because there's so many guys right but yeah, yeah there's so many great players barkov number three he had four brent burns and then five he had bobrovsky with the little six at the bottom that says sebastian aho so okay that's a, a sharp sim- list from from ryan again the analytics darling slavin barkov <laughs> who he's always riding and i said barkov was the best player ryan in that toronto <laughs> series when it came to the superstars of kachuk matthews and marner and we well, know that's that, a sharp list they're having slave. And then he has Bob in there too, who he sometimes, you know, gets mm-hmm. on. So and we know that he's always placed to play his devil advocate as far as the predictions go. He also sent me his prediction for the series. So he said okay. Kane hurricanes in six. So that's okay. a heartbreak at the FLA live arena. Yet again, that Ryan is bestowing upon us like he had in the series before against Toronto. <laughs> So hopefully our I can't our, get on him too much about that one, you know. With, yeah, for sure. Caroline. It's a 50 50 thing. You and I picked them to win the cup, you know. So right, we're kind of right. It's been a 50 changing due to our thing. fandom a bit, but also maybe because the Panthers are hot, but a combination of both of those. Yeah, our fandom, know, David, and then Panthers are hot. We just know that Carolina is just such a structured team. I said at the beginning of the season they were due a lengthy run and it kind of came into fruition just how dominant they were in the regular season five on five i think they were if not as just as good if not better than us as far as five five on five we know that in the three meetings against them we they beat us once we beat them once we shut them out once they shut us out once and then in the final meeting on that last game of the season uh kind of a wild game they beat us six to four in that last game so pretty much even across the board and david dork kind of you know, hot takes there with uh, giving the coaching edge to Florida, which Maurice has been coaching well, and also with the defense. Because if the Panthers win the defense and coaching battle, I think we win this series, David, right. maybe in five games again. But I just think it's so close across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carolina, to me, my opinion, has distinct advantages in the series, defense, uh, coaching, uh, penalty kill, which one of my co-hosts, Nick's and main speakers, he breaks down how Carolina to him has the best penalty kill in the, in the NHL. And then how the Panthers can kind of get going a little bit on special teams, but the five on five play and obviously the forwards on paper, this is the first time I think David Mm -hmm. in these entire playoffs that we have a clear advantage on paper when it comes to the forward position where we weren't, we didn't have that with Boston or Toronto. Oh, of course. And I mean, that's kind of where I was leading towards here, just how 
this is the first time in these playoffs that I felt like offensively we can produce more. And I talked about this in the in the Toronto series, just how the X factor of goaltending was a key aspect to that series. And I still think it'll be a key aspect to this, yep. like you and David have tied into that. If Bobrovsky can play like Bobrovsky did against Toronto, this could be, like you said, a 5-6 series type of game in Florida's favor, where if Bob can it will, you know, slumber a bit or if the Panthers are giving up too many power play chances that it can be a lengthy series, just like the Boston one once. So, you know, any, any, it's hockey. You can go four. any team can beat a team four times in a row. Any team can lose, you know, four, you know, three or four and, and battle back and forth. So I think be, this has to be, be Alexander. Tough. Sorry, David. I think this has to be Alexander's Barkov's best playoff series bar none in his entire career. This oh, is yeah. a series. I mean, you, you, you figure him, Kachuk, players that were kind of quiet offensively in that second half of that Toronto series uh, have to step up their play, just not defensively in Barkov's case, but also offensively uh, on the power play. We know that in the penalty kill, they were fantastic in that Toronto series. So series change all the time, you know, ebbs and flows, early trends can turn into old trends quickly in the playoffs. So and It'll David, you remember that three nothing win earlier in the season when it was the hurricane game that was coming oh, yeah. into South Florida? There, that was against the Carolina Hurricanes. That was the Spencer Knight show with the three nothing shutout, I believe. But Alexander Barkov was a plus 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 that night, yeah. and he needs to replicate that performance in the regular season against Carolina throughout this entire playoff series against Carolina. Yeah, and like you said, we could spend hours just breaking down different types of aspects of the series because it's so intriguing from a Florida Panthers point of view. We know the strengths we have and the weaknesses that we have, but Carolina's strengths, and they're, they have very minimal weaknesses. So the Panthers are going to have to play a perfect game. And like you said a little bit when you were talking with David, I hope you guys tune into that Spaces conversation we have on the 16th, the Tuesday night. If you guys don't follow Kirby, again, I tag his Twitter all the time on the description below. So if you want to follow Kirby Ryan and myself on Twitter, we're going to be doing a spaces tomorrow night hosted by Kirby and some of his co-hosts there. So if you guys want more breakdown on that, make sure to tune into that on Tuesday evening. And obviously we'll have a lot going into the, the series as well. And as the dates become released as of the time of the recording, there's still no set in stone day on when it'll be. My bet is what it'll be on Thursday, which happens to be my birthday, Kirby. So a lot of times. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday. A lot of times in the past, the Panthers have never made it to my birthday. But with the COVID COVID seasons being pushed back, I've had my birthday have a playoff series the last two years. And this was the first, this is the first like kind of regular, you know, time frame season that the Panthers are playing on my birthday, not due to a, a lockout or like, and we've faced the COVID situation the last few seasons. Yeah. So first wow. time, first time I'll be having a, a birthday on a road game because the last two were in the first round of, of the playoffs. And we were the, <laughs> we were the home team in all those rounds. So uh, my birthday's in October. And the only one that I can remember was the David Booth concussion. Oh, and that geez. was my worst birthday gift present ever. <laughs> so I'm hoping for a better birthday gift for you uh, well, if that does indeed happen to be game one. So far in the last two birthdays I've had, they've both been Tor- or Tampa games. So they've been pretty bad birthdays as far as Panthers <laughs> results go. That's so just maybe, Panther fans, I think, across the board for birthdays maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe when a goalie not named Vasilevsky's in the net, the Panthers do a little bit better on my birthday. So hopefully it's a, a chippy 31st birthday for myself on the 18th. Nice. So, uh, again, that's pending that the date will be yeah. on, on thursday but uh nevertheless hopefully we'll have some <clears throat> more set in stone states 
dates in the future here. So again, thank you, Kirby, for joining me. I'll always, you know, on here and always supporting the channel and the community. We thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed that segment with David. And uh, obviously an exciting time to be a Florida Panthers fan, to say the least. Something we haven't witnessed in over 20, almost 30 years now. So exciting times ahead. A lot of important games to be played, Kirby. You broke it down. I broke it down. Not much more else we could say besides what we're going to see on Spaces tomorrow. And we're just excited for the games ahead. And uh, maybe, maybe, Kirby, we Ryan and I make our way to Carolina for that Saturday oh. game. Hopefully we're oh. – Maybe plan on it, but uh, Ryan's got to get that game film into me still for the Carolina <laughs> series. So, so better maybe, be that game film. Now. I know there's been a lot of fans, you know, eager to maybe hit the road to uh, visit Carolina. So I have not been to Carolina, and I've always said I've wanted to go. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I can make it out to to maybe game two or something like that. We'll see. We'll see if the maybe Ryan could drop us a video on a golf course. Or something. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But. Uh, again, thank you all for listening. You know the support on Twitter and Instagram and Discord have been crazy. We added over seventy members on the Discord this week, Kirby. We yep. added almost two thousand followers on Instagram in the last since the playoffs have started. And I know on Twitter, the follows and the interactions have just continued to grow and grow each and every day. So, an exciting time to be a content creator for the Florida Panthers, to say the least. And I know, Kirby, you're buzzing and I'm buzzing to see what this series has before us and the excitement that's going to follow, hopefully with the Stanley Cup Finals appearance, which would be absolutely amazing for this community. David, someone has to be buzzing in Canada, so it might as well be me. (laughs) All the Canadian teams are out now, and a lot of my family and friends probably don't want to talk puck anymore but i still will <laughs> i love it kirby we've been talking about it since the podcast started in june and we're hopefully continuing this into late may what what a way to to wrap up that what would be our first season uh, as a full-time content creator what a way to wrap it up would be with the stanley cup finals appearance but a lot of work to be done and you know a lot of excitement to be uh be held as a panthers fan to say the least so thank you again kirby for joining me i hope you have a good rest of your day Uh, And as always, like we like to say, vamos gatos, Kirby. Go cats. Go cats and vamos gatos. Let's go Panthers. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and take care, everyone.